The Old Testament reading is from Psalm 51, verses 1 to 12, page 573. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen. The New Testament reading is taken from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 to verse 2 of chapter 6. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. This is the word of the Lord.
We remain standing for uh, the gospel reading. And the gospel is taken from the, chap- uh, from the gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. The Lord is a great God. O oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Harden not your hearts. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I speak in the name of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the great paradoxes of Ash Wednesday is that today, as we once again begin the church's journey into Lent, we begin by remembering the end. To be more precise, We begin Lent by remembering our own end. As humanity, we began as dust. The Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground, we read in Genesis 2. And as humanity, we will also end as dust. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, as the Book of Common Prayer puts it. Tonight on Ash Wednesday, we begin with our end firmly in sight. We are able to talk to some extent about our own beginnings, where we were born, who was there, what day it was. Once a year, we celebrate our beginnings with cards and with cake, thankful that we are here and that we began on that very day. About our ending, we know little other than this certainty that we confess as we gather together this evening, we will all die. Ever since our beginnings, there has been a silent presence with us. Death, or the prospect of it, is a constant companion, one we do not wish for and one we will do anything to rid ourselves of. And yet, whether we like it or not, whether we choose it or not, tonight we once again confront that mortality. 
It would be a mistake to think that death comes only at the end of our physical life. Death meets us all along the road of life through various guises. It's in those moments when we experience the fragility and the uncertainty of life. Death makes itself known in broken relationships, failures, shattered dreams and lost opportunities. Death often dresses itself in our regrets and disappointments. We recognize death's presence in those times when we betray ourselves and live contrary to who we are truly meant to be. Any of us who have known grief of any sort have gazed firmly into the face of death. Ash Wednesday is a day where we openly acknowledge the pain of our mortality, the scars of our mortality, and the inescapable reality of our mortality. We are dust, and to dust we shall return And these marks of mortality are not just present here among us this evening, but are all around us, borne by those whom we love and who are themselves acutely aware of their mortality. And as we gather this evening, it is important to remember that in some deep divine way, as God's church here tonight, we gather as representatives of all those we know and love. Tonight we hold our mortality and theirs together, before God, aware of the deep scars so many of us bear. Naming and facing the reality of our mortality is then the first step of Ash Wednesday. Later in this service, we will have the opportunity to mark ourselves with the ashes of mortality, of fragility. We will remember that we are dust and to dust we shall return. And to remember that and to know that is a challenge. It is not as easy as it sounds. We can go home this evening and wash the ashes off. But the truth remains. Life is fragile and we are mortal. But this is only part of why we gather on Ash Wednesday. Mortality is our story, yes, but it is not our whole story. Death is not the only presence that accompanies us through life. Those same marks made on our foreheads that represent our mortality will be made in the shape of the cross. And that cross reminds us that while we are still human, we are loved and we belong to someone. From the midst of our own dusty mortality comes great news that Jesus Christ was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. And on the third day he rose again. Not only has he risen again, but Jesus has swept us up in his mighty resurrection and ascension to sit with him at the right hand of the Father. And therefore we enter into this Lenten season reminded, yes, of our mortality and our sinfulness, but with the hope and confidence of resurrection coursing through our veins. Tonight we stare death firmly in the face and we do so knowing that the grave has been defeated by the one whose cross we are marked and redeemed. Eternal life has been won for us. And that life won for us by the Son of God upon the cross begins today, this evening, now. 
The day of salvation is now, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, urging them to recognize that Christ came to give us life and life in all its fullness and that we are not to delay living that life. This then is the other part of Ash Wednesday. We are mortal, yes, but we are loved and we have been given life. This life we have been given by God calls us this Lent to reconsider where we place our treasure, how we see ourselves before God and other, and indeed what we will do with this life we have been given through Christ's death and resurrection. This life we have been given also calls us, along with the psalmist, to turn daily from sin and towards faithfulness to Christ, to be cleansed again by his love and his grace to unfurl our curved-in selves and lift our eyes once again to gaze upon he who is our comfort and our salvation. On Ash Wednesday, we begin with the end. Lent is the season that will ultimately take us into the land of the resurrection. God's final word to this world, this world that he created and this world that he loves His final world is not Ash Wednesday. It is not Good Friday. His final word is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day. Tonight we do not despair of death, but we rejoice in the death of despair and the life given to us through Jesus. Lent reminds us that we are being led towards a glorious reality of life, life in all its fullness, life with and through the resurrected and ascended Jesus Christ, he who desires our treasures and in whom all our treasure and delight is to be found. And we begin again tonight, returning to the beginning, receiving bread and wine and receiving the sign of the cross upon our foreheads reminding us that while we are dust, yet we have been raised with Christ. Let me pray. Loving God, we commit this coming season of Lent to you and ask you to show us what we need to turn away from and what we need to turn towards. Let the light you have brought into this world shine in the darkness of our hearts and bring with it new life, new hope and new possibilities. Help us this Lent to walk more closely with Jesus, to know that we are deeply loved, marked by his cross, and to share his love with others. Amen.